0: Hi folks, this is Johnny with Music Seeds. Like the last conversation, this one also just kind of picks up. I hit record and we just started talking. I kind of am enjoying these conversations a little bit more unstructured. They seem to go down some really interesting paths. The beginning of this one, I went and gave Reese Argo a keychain that I received back in the days of working at a music store. That's what I'm doing here in the beginning of this conversation and then we just kind of get into our talk about music. Partial way through the conversation there's a break. We had to stop the recording for uh, a couple reasons. Also I want to make sure that you definitely pay attention to the last five minutes of this conversation. It kind of sums up The whole reason why i'm doing this podcast so i want to thank everybody for listening and i hope you enjoy hi this is johnny i'm your host and you are listening to music Seeds, the music that made us hello how are we doing today very good sir so first off i want to do this i want to do this so i got a story behind it too I wanted to give this to you. Do you know that?
1: So yeah, isn't that the tape they used to make? make recording
0: tag? tapes and recording CDs. So that's a collector's item, dude. You can have that.
1: What the heck so is that's the, the guy big getting blown away by the, the
0: music. There? By the music. That's awesome. And like, that's like, like the there's famous shade. pictures of that out there, dude. Like if you got like pictures of that shit, like the actual collectible pictures, they're worth money. Really? Yeah. Well thank you. I was like I saw this and I was sitting on my thing and I'm like, I've been thinking about like, I want to give this to somebody that I actually would appreciate it because oh, yeah. you appreciate music, dude, so much. Yes. And that's that's a reminder of music to you, so you know that how great music is, man. I was like,
1: I'm sitting there, I don't, I almost want to say Maxwell because uh-huh. I was thinking of the coffee, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I'm like Maxwell. That looks so familiar. I'm like, yeah, that's what used to be on the actual the tape, like the like recording
0: when you when you make recordings on tapes. Like I used to make mixtapes on on Maxwell tapes. Oh, my and then I used to like when they went to the CDs to burn CDs. Mm-hmm. That's what I that's what I used then too.
1: That's what they used to have. Yeah, is the uh, burnt CDs. That's where I used to see it all the time because I used to make Reese's jams Volume One and Two or
0: whatever down the road. Yep. Yeah,
1: it was Maxwell. That's the I was like I know that from somewhere specifically, but
0: yeah. So I yeah I'm like oh I appreciate I, the hell out I, of it. dude Thank you, you my friend and I've always like you're like a. Thank you. I always tell people, like, with their age difference, like, you're like the son I never had, but also, like, you're like like a little brother to me, too, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, that's one thing, you know, with all the music and shit. And...
1: No doubt. You're like my musical guru. Oh, what? I don't want that, that, dude. No, seriously, that's where I even fell in love with half these artists mm-hmm. You're like, oh, you should check this out. I'm like, what? Like, I would never check that out. And then i check it out, and I'm like, ooh, okay. <laughs> and then it just, a, it's like the YouTube rabbit hole at that point, where I'm just like, Oh yeah. Where, oh, like just simple bands. Well, for example, you know, you get into Pearl Jam, and the next thing you know, you're like, "Oh, did you know there was a band Temple of the Dog?" <laughs> no, what the heck is that? And yeah. then you, get, you know, and then I just started the whirlwind of yeah. following Chris Cornell's, you know, path, Eddie Vedder's path, you know, Mother Love Bone. And then you keep going farther and farther. Green River. It's like some really good music out there that doesn't have as much acclaim, but yeah, I to this day I still listen to it as if it's mm-hmm. you know. Top of the charts, but
0: so everybody knows today. I have Reese Argo with me again. Um, me and Reese uh, did a podcast, I think about a month, a month and a half ago. Yes, yeah. Um, he's the host of Here We Go, Mr. Argo. Try to turn some of you on to that last time we did this podcast. So I hope some of you checked it out. I really loved the last episode a lot, man. That was it yeah. was some good stuff there.
1: As far as the uh, politics go, I try to boil it down. Because I think a lot of people, it gets super hyper-partisan Yes. multiple ways. And it's like, two things can be true at once. Yeah, Nobody wants to do that. They just want to put, you lumped in here, you lumped in there. But that was kind of my, the personal accountability is where I wanted to push this podcast. Because I feel like there's no message of like, hey, here, go do th- these things on your own. Go search these things. Especially researching now, like... There is no such thing as an unbiased media source. It probably never was. We we're just starting to find this out. Like, yeah. oh, they're pulling the strings behind the curtain. Yeah. So it's like it's good to just be a more informed human being. Exactly. And, and you'll never feel like you're being swindled. Yeah.
0: And I think it. that's important for everybody to do because Facebook page for this specifically before I started it out. Ah. Uh-huh. So I have my like family and friends page, and then yeah. I have my John Evans music page. Which is like nothing but music, practically. But then I like I how the Dalai Lama on there also, you know. But then I'll have comedians on there and like. Yeah. But I, I, I'm like, this is my positivity thing. It's like this is my positivity thing. It has nothing to do. It won't do anything with politics. It Won't do anything with like, mm-hmm. you know, people like to talk about and stuff. And I always tell people, if you bring that to my page here, I'm gonna like, you know, take it off that page because so you, you know, you want them. you want to talk that stuff, talk it on my other page. You know, that's that's that. This to me is like, what can we bring positive here today? Let's talk about something positive. You want to talk about something funny? Let's talk about something funny. You want to talk about something that's gonna make you feel good in in the world? This is what that is because what was driving everybody crazy on that social media pages and shit like last year was all the fucking shit they were singing. And you know what? My little my little thing worked, man. Every ad I have on fucking that page is music related, dude. Every freaking ad, it's crazy, dude. Or a comedian thing, or like a live event. And then like the like the like the meditation shit and all that, Mm. I have that shit like all my promotional shit that all that algorithm stuff,
1: yeah,
0: is fucking positive shit. (laughs) It is the best thing ever, and I'm like my little freaking test work. Like this is what I wanted to test out. because it's like amazing, like your algorithms, like you know, Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah, Yeah, algorithm is a real
1: thing. You got it. Well, you want some headphones? We got some headphones here for you. Well, and then especially you know you. (laughs) you can make it to where people are, it's just this positive music area. Yeah. You probably only gonna get positive music ads. Hopefully. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I doubt they would throw something in there. It wouldn't make any sense for them. Because mm-hmm. those people that are going to that page, you throw that ad of, like you said, headphones in there, it's probably going to be more to that crowd versus mm-hmm. you slap something political in there or something. They're going to be like, eh, just scroll by it. Yeah. At least I feel that way when I'm,
0: Yeah. if I go to oh, your yeah. page
1: for music, that's what I want to see. That's what I want to hear. Yes. You know,
0: have you ever seen, have you seen the Wreck-It Ralph movies? Oh, yeah. The second one is the great fucking thing. Like, they go into the, the like, the internet, and it's like, yeah. hey, you want, the, you know, and, it's like, yes. and, it's, and it's like that. It's like, I'm like, it's the wild west. and so, like, when I see something consistent, like, like something especially when I already get, I love that you can hit and say, hey, I'm getting tired of seeing this. I already bought it, you know, or, like, I'm not interested, or whatever it might be, and the thing is, is too, is, like, some people are, like you said, are just good at not seeing it and just going past yeah, it, Yeah, so, of course. But no, I, I just wanted to bring up those things to you, and I want to, I want to see what people have to offer as far as um, conversation goes. I noticed that with these last few podcasts and stuff, it's me just having conversations with people, mm-hmm. and I, I want to kind of change it back to what I initially wanted to do with that one, and that is let it be about the music. Yes. So I'm trying to get more artists for that podcast, and then eventually everything will transfer over in this other podcast. Yeah. And, that, and then I'm hoping to you know juggle too and see what happens so because I, I didn't know how this was going to turn into but yeah. I love these conversations and like we're doing you know it's like oh
1: yeah and it always will find its way back to music in yes. my opinion at least with yes. us we, somehow it always exactly. finds its way back to music especially with the amount that you know catalog wise and then you know I, I might be into something a little one off I can throw a little bit in there but yeah. probably not you probably have a little bit more knowledge on the whole scene just going throughout the years of knowing.
0: Well, and I'm glad you said that because I don't feel like I'm in touch with much, which is like with, I'm, um, I'm I, I've tried to stay a little in touch with like stuff that's going on now, like my, but yeah. now i definitely like in the last month, I've definitely delved into like, okay, what is these new artists? You know, like I've been watching like, um, streaming events and things like that, mm-hmm. writing down the artists or putting them in my like, you know, and that way I can come back to them, yeah. um, downloading music when I hear something good, you know, and, and um, a couple episodes back, I was talking to uh, my buddy Jack Miller, and I like to do these things um, every Friday that we used to do when um, we were in the music store. We had new music Tuesdays, so like that Monday, like I always loved working Monday nights because we get all yeah. the, we'd get all the freight in that Monday for the new release that was new releases that were coming out Tuesday. So you, like, Monday nights were a busy night to work because you had everything out that morning, all the promotional shit. Yeah. Um, Tuesday was a big day for us when it came to music. And, like, if there was a major album release, forget about it, dude. You had to, like, spend a lot of time getting that shit promoted. It's like spend the promotional materials, the signage in the in the windows and shit. It was, dude, I get goosebumps thinking about all that stuff. And we, we used to, it's and I'm love. hoping I get to talk to somebody about that.
1: It's a love. What yes, I, it's, yes. it's a caring for this art form that... It, it lacks a little bit nowadays, but I noticed they do the... I think it's Friday is the new That's day. That's what I was going to say. Which is kind yeah. of weird, because like obviously, even when I was growing up, it was still Tuesday. All the new yeah. albums came on Tuesday, so it, it kind of sucked, to be honest with you, for me, just mm-hmm. because like when you're younger, you work in a job, you're, you're probably not going to have that chance on a Tuesday afternoon or yes. something to go get it. Yeah. So the Friday is kind of like people make time out because it's the yes. weekend it's coming up and, and that's
0: you... why they did it with movies and music and all that now. and
1: now you got the whole weekend to listen to whatever album yeah. or...
0: and that's, what they do. that's what I try to do with my podcast now is that when I release them I try to release them on Fridays because then it gives people the time to listen to it or yes. like if I did it like on a Monday or whatever some people can do it maybe if they're commuting and stuff like that but some people like to do it when they take a drive or like when they're working out or whatever you sure. know oh, and wow. I mean, that way I do it at work there you go. Because I work
1: in front of a computer, so I just, I have that playing in the background mm-hmm. and just go about what I do. And yes. I love that because then it's like, it's taking my brain away. I still have to focus and count and do all this stuff, but yeah. it's taking my brain away from time, Yeah, I guess. I it get makes the whole time go by. Oh, well, of course. Especially three-hour podcasts, mm-hmm. you know, even an hour one. It, it's amazing. I'll sit there and I'll go, t- I'll be sitting there and I'm like, it's over. I'll look and an hour just went by. I'm like, wow. Like like <laughs> I just want, I I'll tell you the biggest thing to me is I am nonstop craving podcasts. Yeah, I can't find enough podcasts. Yeah, that to me like enough interesting podcasts. I don't know if there is such a thing. Yeah. I think it's just like it's like music. It's just an endless thing where yeah, you're getting into this mm-hmm. like I don't know. It's like a thirst people have for the long form discussion. Yeah, and what people have to bring into it.
0: We were talking about also that um about Joe early on and. Uh, the Tom Segura episode, and they mm-hmm. brought up in that episode the that whole um, how many um, podcasts are out now, yeah, and like it blew my mind. I'm like, and how it like has doubled like in the year like last year and stuff like that because of the you know the, the pandemic and everything like that. Yes. but like you said, there's not enough. There can't be enough content out there for certain people that love certain things. So finding your niche and finding what you want to do is. Really important. Well, That's uh, my favorite word. I, got, I, swear, I swear to God, I need to a credit It's really important. Yeah. Anyway, it's, uh, there's a friend of mine that makes fun of me every time I use that word. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: No, I. Uh, I think the most important thing for people is, I, you know, there's. I see a ton of people that are like, I want to start a podcast, or I want to. It's like just go do it. Yeah. I, I'm not looking to get rich off this podcast. That's that should never be your goal. Exactly. If that's your goal. You're going to fail. It's yep. just a reality because yep. it should. It's almost like lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Joe Rogan didn't plan for it to become the largest podcast in the world, but that's yep. where it's at. And mm-hmm. it's just him shooting the breeze with some people. And yeah.
0: And people, you know, it's amazing how people um, shoot him down too, like really quick, and think he's one way or another way. Oh. And it's like, and I laugh my ass off because I go, that's part of the problem, right there. You think. You're boxing a Yeah, because it's like, it's amazing. Like, I'll see ads that will say something about him and I'm like, that is so, that's just such a lie, you know? I'm like, and it's like, or they take something out of context or something like that and it's like, and it scares me. Like, like people do that. Like, we're going to take something out of context and just tear somebody down, you know?
1: Well, and I think uh, as far as podcasts, with the music involved that he puts on his show, like Gary Clark Jr., you know, will come on or, yeah, that's exposing people to new music that yes. are like, Man, this guy—he can shred. You know, this is a guy that I want to explore. Yeah, it's like he's, hes so open-minded, in my opinion, that he's bringing in, whether it's political or scientists and like—I don't know how many people and, and like been people to. that
0: you know used to be in the private sector and and yeah. stuff like that. You know, and it's like it's there's a lot of things out there we don't know, oh, and yeah. then it's how much of it's truth. Well, you're still getting information that you may want to like kind of like delve into okay this is something interesting let me look at it and look into it more yeah, and that's what it, that's what you do i'm going to look into this more i don't really want to know maybe this person's giving me a bunch of bullshit maybe this person actually knows what they're talking about and i was never aware of it before you know
1: no yeah it's to me that has been i guess joe rogan has opened my eyes and i'm sure i'm one of the billion of people but just to where I don't pigeonhole anybody or think, oh, yep. I won't like that. Yep. Especially like when you get some music artists on and I'm like, I've never heard of them. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, wow, I really dig that.
0: Well, and here's one that you talked about that I'm intrigued to now listen to is that he brought up in that episode with Segura was he talked about Demi Lovato, you know, and yeah. I, I had no idea, like, like oh, Demi Lovato, I, I've just never been interested in her mind. music.
1: She's got pipes. Yeah, and she's she and man. I and I know
0: she's a you know, a good singer, I'm not gonna take that. Yeah. Her style's like one of those things that I've never like went down that rabbit hole yet. So mm-hmm. I mean, nothing against her, it's just no. there's so much content out oh. there, you can't listen to everything. Said that she was on there and that she called herself the C word. Because she said when she was a little kid, she was a little C. <laughs> you know, and yeah. uh, cause she started out on Barney. Yeah. And so I don't I'll probably take it out of context, but she said that she was a little brat when she was a kid and her parents told her to go to her room that she was in trouble and she goes she said something to the can, the contents I, I'm probably going to misquote it bitch I'm the one that pays the bills around here oh imagine your teenage kid telling you that and you know it's the truth but yet, you think that, you yeah, know, yeah, no. I have the right to tell my parents that, you know? Well,
1: it's, it's a strange dynamic. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, wow.
0: No. She's like, but she could call herself out, which I thought was awesome. She's like, you know, like she goes, Honestly. being in therapy and like dealing with a lot of that stuff that I had to deal with when I was a kid and, mm-hmm. and realizing where I am now and she's like knowing that I still got to, you know, grow and get better. It's like to have that reflection, man, you know. Yes.
1: Because <laughs> she's only what? Early 20s, early to mid 20s, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, she got a lot of life to live. Yeah, in that regard, that's that's good that she's already <laughs> catching yeah. that, To be honest, some people it takes a lot
0: longer. And I'm bringing this up again, but Britney Spears, I guess, has a documentary out now, and it's talking about her past and everything, and about everything she had to go through. I guess apparently, how her dad's controlling her money and shit like that. that. Wow, that's messed up, man. Parents not letting go, like that's what Beyonce did early on when she before yep. when she when she got to that like she was really popular, she cut her dad off and created her own separate management team, and that was smart, man. Cause you you gotta like if you want that relationship with your family and money's involved, man, mm-hmm. that's always yeah. a no go. Money and family is like, oh man.
1: But I, I get it, you know. You're my so, check, you know. I mean, I don't condone anything that he may have done to her. As far as the helicopter parent type vibe, where you yeah. can't do this and this, it's like she's the one making the money. You yeah. gotta kind of give them the freedom to a certain extent, but you just yeah. want to rein them in so they don't go
0: well. And then to change it to her mentality, you know, like. He was in charge because she was a child before. And then it's like, oh, her mental state isn't where it should be. That's why he was in charge of everything. Yeah. And that's, oh, you know. He,
1: didn't he, like, have, or does he still have control over her state or something? I don't know. Like I need to
0: delve into it more. But it made me think, wow, this is why this is getting so much attention. Yeah. This is a documentary. That's crazy. Yeah. Also amazing to me because I got to, you know, see her before she became Britney Spears. We were promoting her album before it came out. The first one? Yeah, the first the album, album? Uh, like that single before the album came out. We were promoting it and she came to our convention and stuff. And it's I, one of those things, still, where it's like just you see somebody before they break out big. I,
1: I always find that to be the strangest thing. And that also is what pushes me to go to live venues. Mm-hmm. And you know, hopefully, with the world getting back to normal here, that I just love live music to the extent yes. of new artists because you'll never know. And Gary Clark Jr. was a great example for me. Went, I was like, oh, this guy plays some good guitar. You know, I heard some thing, I was like, at a music festival. So I went and I watched him. Then he came back the next day. I was like, I'm watching this guy again. Like, yeah. he's fantastic. And now he's he's a staple on my any playlist I have. You know? Yeah. That branching out to me is the mm-hmm. most important thing to do as a human when it comes to music. You you'll be surprised at how far yeah. down a hole you can go in that sense with with the live music.
0: Yeah. But. It is, and yeah. and here's the thing too is that I wanted to say I was thinking while you were talking there yeah. is that I know I mentioned the Britney thing already in a previous podcast, and I know you mentioned the Gary Clark thing in the previous podcast. That to me is showing that our our history of music, the yeah. whole thing that strives us to want to listen to more and more of those people, the stories we remember these stories, yeah. and that these stories stick in our head. That's one of those things that gets out there. Is we remember you know something that was so impactful for us. Mm-hmm. And then, then how it like progressed into this whole other thing? Wow, I got to experience that, you know.
1: Well, yeah. And for example, uh, with Britney Spears, for you, you get to see before she's famous, and you, then you get to see the progress. It's kind of like your own kid. You, you you get to see this thing grow to a certain extent. And you're like, you know, I was there when it was before the beginning. Anything. Yeah. So you get to you really get to see this organic being, I guess, you yeah. could say, grow. And then next. Back oh back yeah, back. and
0: that happened a lot. We saw, and I brought that up to Jack also in the. um, in the previous podcast before, also, was that I had to remind him that we met Fergie. And and she was in, a, she was in another band at that time called the Wild Orchid that never turned into anything. Mm-hmm. And she was at our convention and we met them and everything. Nothing became of it. One of those things where it was later down the line that we're like, holy cow, this person became big. Mm-hmm. Same thing happened to me again this week. I'm going through like my autograph pictures that I got at a lot of these conventions and stuff. Yeah. And I saw this artist come through and I was like, who? Who is this Billy person? Like, I don't know who this Billy person is. And I had to look yeah. it up on the internet. And this Billy person is the actress from the Doctor Who TV show now. Um, Penny Dreadful. The really? se- Secret Diary of a Call Girl. She was in all these big shows on TV. And I watched all these shows Didn't. and had no idea that I met <laughs> the person earlier on in their career. And it blew my mind. I was like... What were they a part of? Just those three those three TV shows, those three big TV shows. Oh, so you just had met them, like... I met them as a teen singer. That's like, what I'm saying, like, if... what, were, what were they singing? Like, I don't or... even remember any of it, oh, which yeah. was like, oh, I'm sorry, no, it, like, yeah. it didn't impact me that enough, well, but yeah. here I met them, and like, I felt so bad also, and like, That's wow, crazy. I mean, they're, they're probably like, well, anyway, but... Or hopefully, you, yeah. know, I mean, no, it, yeah. you know, I mean, that's, you know. I it's There's genres for everybody else. Yeah, there, but... but she still sings, apparently, and she's been in a musical and things like that because of her voice Man, and everything. I'm... One of the things I wanted to bring up today that we started talking about a little bit earlier on before we started recording today was yesterday was the 30th anniversary of an epic album. At that time, yes. we would not know. When this came out 30 years ago, I wasn't aware. I um, wasn't alive. <laughs> oh my God! It just blows my mind. I know. I was um, in high school when this came out. Oh, wow. I was 16, I believe, and this was—I I was already listening to alternative music. So, like I was listening to Depeche Mode and Jane's Addiction. I think at that point, so I was listening to a lot of these alternative bands because I was just—that was my thing. I mean, I was a big music person, and yeah. I mean, that summer when I was 16, I saw Depeche Mode on, on the Violator tour which was a, their hugest album they ever had and I got to see them at Red Rock It was one of those shows to me that like stuck out ever since because that was my first Red Rock show too this band I didn't know about this band until later that year and we're gonna tie a whole episode about that at some point because um, I'm really excited in August of 27th of this year of this year 30 years ago the 10 album came out in Pearl jam yes. But this came out April 16th of this year, and of 1990. Yeah. And it's Temple of the Dog. And it was a uh, super group that was formed from members <laughs> that are now in Pearl Jam. And at that time were in Soundgarden. And uh, Matt Cameron and Chris Cornell from Soundgarden. And then the, re- the, the remaining uh, members, Stone Gossard, Mike McCready, and uh, Jeff Hammett from um, Pearl Jam. It was a tribute album for um, Andrew Wood who was in another band that wasn't popular at that time, but eventually became popular after his death. That was um, Mother Love Bone. Me and Reese, we used to work together. We talked about that before. I don't know, at what point did you get turned on? I'm really curious, because I can get into like how everything progressed with me. But wh- how did you get turned on to them?
1: Well, I uh, just kind of doing my own research. It grew from... I was a huge Pearl Jam fan, still am, but I... Was going back in the catalog and I had seen you know, you kind of get like related searches where it's like Also, this person's in this band or whatever and you're like What Eddie Vedder's in a temple of the dog? I was like, I got to listen to this, you know, because yeah. this was as my I was growing I'd probably say this is in freshman year high school ish, mm-hmm. you know, I was kind of growing into the that grunge scene I guess you could say uh-huh. but I uh, was going back and and it's like, yeah, he's singing in this band called Temple of the Dog. And I was like, oh, who's the other singer, you know? And then I was like, Chris Cornell, he's like one of my favorites. He's in this
0: band. Uh-huh. You know, and it just
1: it snowballed from there. And then uh-huh. listening to that album, it's still, to this day, is...
0: You just listened to it before I came into yeah, again, it Yeah, you
1: know? it might be... I think it should get higher praise. Like, it could be because I'm a Pearl Jam nut. I, 10 is probably one of the top albums of all time, obviously, but... Mm-hmm. I think this album was very... Plant, it planted the seed for what was to come. And that, yeah. to me, is the most important. So, I, I hold this album in such a high regard. I almost... Probably my top three albums of all time. I can yeah. put this on front to back. It's not long enough, in my opinion. Yeah. I, need, I need, like, three, four, or five albums from this, this group. But, of course, you know, it was just yeah. a little tribute thing. But
0: I think one of the things that stick out most to me right now is... When I listened to it yesterday, right off the bat, when I heard Say Hello to Heaven. Oh yeah. Just because of now that Chris isn't here. And it was pretty emotional listening to that, thinking about that. Yeah. Just because he uh his voice is just amazing, man. Mm-hmm. It's just it just blows you away how beautiful this man's voice was and how great of a singer he was and like we talked about in the last one he's one of the top rock singers of all time he yes. and, and i will get in an argument with somebody about that you know <laughs> easily i mean we we can say jimmy i'm um, sorry um, robert plant was up there we can say you know a lot of people were up there but as a rock vocalist but he is up there i mean he is a, a rush more of no doubt. great rock singers that could sing freaking like just loud rock and roll to like really quiet songs and beautiful songs. Oh, yeah, acoustically yeah. too. You mm-hmm. can
1: take you take you places. Yeah. That to me is the range that he has which uh, not to totally go off base here but um, uh, at one point I believe it was Chris Cornell. he was singing uh, Hunger Strike mm-hmm. that song he realized he said I can't do the low parts in this song. Yeah. Which, who says that? <laughs> this guy, get out of here with that. Yeah. But, you know, he's like, I can't really hit. He was struggling with his voice or something at the time. Mm-hmm. And that was the reason for. Eddie. Eddie. He's like, once he heard him sing those low notes, he's like, I want him in the band. Which is kind of crazy because he's not in any other thing except the one song. But, it's, yeah. I just, to me, is like something that could have been like. There could have never been a Pearl Jam. There could have never been a. You know, I mean, Soundgarden was already there, but. They could have took this band and just went. Yeah,
0: they could have done something with this. Easily. Oh, they could Easily. Did,
1: they could still be performing in that band. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, they went and they
0: did the reunion thing like five years
1: ago. The musicianship yeah. from Pearl Jam is obviously second to none. Very good. But then to have that vocal, which they already have Eddie, don't get me wrong. He's amazing. But Chris, to me, it just is like another tier pedestal. He could go into any band, as yeah. you see, with Rage. and
0: Audio Slave, yeah. He can do everything. It's God just... man I mean I, I that Audio Slave to me is still one of those bands that I want to tell people like you don't realize the gift we had when we had that oh, band. I, mean, I know. I mean that that it, those albums dude you have no idea the gift we had I'm like I don't think people appreciate it as much. I mean people love them they were big but they to me were like Pearl Jam status Audio Slave was. I mean to have Chris Cornell and the band of Rage Against the Machine make a group together and make these Amazing song.
1: Oh, well, and what's crazy about it is I think what it came down to is the era it came out rock was kind of dying in the sense of the most popular music mm-hmm. that was the Britney Spears era the NC you're starting to get the pop bands. Yeah were taking over the world So I think it was kind of like this. Oh, there's still rock It won't go away and now you're yeah. starting to see like it's it's tougher and tougher to find that style rock and roll anymore it's more it's not bad, but you're just seeing the, the shift in the rock culture. It's more computer-generated. Yeah. But you get some great sounds, too. But so there's it's some it's good stuff band. out there, you know? Oh, of course. But yeah. it's it's just changing. It's kind of like, you know, you have your rock and roll from the 50s, the Chuck Berry. Yeah. You know, it grows, and then you get your, your Robert Plants, and then it comes back in the 80s. You have this, it's just, it's forming it right morphs
0: now. Yes. It morphs. Like, Royal Bloods came out with a new single yesterday.
1: I have really grown to love them. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of computer generated anything, but for some reason they make it work. Yes, that's what that's what I want. It's kind of new and fresh in that sense of they can take you know guitars give you the little bit of computer generated to it, but it still has that soul of rock to it. That's yeah. that to me is what I love the most about this new generation of rock. Yeah, is you're getting new sounds. It's like I think we've done it all in rock, you know, but it's never is that way.
0: And that's the thing is I always tell people like there is stuff out there and I love discovering new stuff. And wow. I've always like, and like those new music Fridays, I've been discovering a lot of new stuff and everything. I was going to also talk about when coming back to the Temple of the Dog album, there was this producer that was in the album. His first name is called Rickish, I believe, R-A-K-E-S-H, and they called him Rick, Parashar. Rick, this was like his stepping stone producing album, this Temple of the Dog album. And what's crazy is that this guy went on to do later, a few, like a months later, went on and made ten. Obviously, like a huge, huge album. He went on to create some epic albums, and like so, he did the Temple Dog album, and then like months later, he went on and created ten. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah, you're set. So we took a little break there. I was talking to him about Joshua Tree, and I had to show him the the music video for "Where the Streets Have No Name." Because of the whole uh, chaos that they created in uh, LA with making that video, and how the police came in and talked about how they had to get a tactical force in there if they don't get their shit together and get get this done and over with. Yeah, are talking <laughs> national guard. There's so <laughs> many people. Yeah, that's <laughs> it, the most
1: rock star thing I've ever seen. Yeah, and it's, you weren't
0: you weren't even born yet.
1: No, I think my older brother was born at that point. Yeah. Yeah, he's 35 now. So yeah, that's that's, that's a while ago. Sorry.
0: No, no, it is, man. I remember because <laughs> that was my teenagers and crazy. <laughs> and I remember that video is like that video was played on fucking rotation like crazy, like but but not the long version. Like you yeah. just watch the There's like a seven. Uh, minute 14 seconds uh, video on uh, YouTube. It's the official video. It's, it shows you all the shit that happens in the beginning of the um, in the video, like all the the police stuff, the chaos that they created with the crowd and everything. And they cut it in the beginning where the guy goes, "It stops now," you know, and then they yeah. go into the music of video. Yeah, like, just the, like, what, you what are you gonna do? <laughs>
1: yeah, you know. Did... Point, I mean, I, I get it. <laughs> I understand the safety aspect, but at the same time, I think it's so cool. It's just like it's you can do yeah. that at that time, though. Yeah You know, that at that time You could do something like that People would Probably flock And it, it didn't seem like There was any unruly yeah. So far I'm sure later on It probably got a little chaotic Oh yeah Because I'm sure they did More than just that song
0: Um, they may not have Because of the Like it happened Stopped that quickly yeah, 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 yeah Because I've never seen Any of the footage on it Because you think They would have released that other footage If they did the other songs Yeah like, I've never seen this thing. I think it's just that one song wow. They were doing this For the video But then we were watching Um, I still haven't found Looking for Which they filmed in Vegas and, In Old Vegas mm-hmm. We were playing that and watching that, and you never really seen that before. And thing, the thing that we brought up in there was you could never get away with this now, no. with nobody knowing because everybody would have phones.
1: Oh yeah, that would have been seconds. That would have been sent out on social media, and then you'd have a flock of people probably
0: would. Yeah. Go right down. They think thirty five thousands bad from yeah. the radio oh. stations talking about. Imagine like it would have been the entire L A. Probably down there watching the show.
1: Well, I was thinking like comparatively, like of a band at that level, at that time, I don't know, I couldn't think of like, you know, like a modern day, per- I don't think you could even get, even a low tier person nowadays, mm-hmm. you know, as far as mainstream music goes, it would still pull an amazing, like an amazing amount of people, I think, for yeah. something like that, it's you nuts, just couldn't huh? get away,
0: no way, that was just something we kind of randomly, we had to take a pause for a minute there um, and so what we were talking about before was the Temple of the Dog album and the producer blows your mind that like a few months later he went and made one of the most epic like top 25 albums of all time that's within debate now because I've you know with the Rolling Stone top 500 yeah. albums I don't I'm not sure if wasn't the top 10? I have to look I'll have to look, and it look was, at I that. think
1: it was close Yeah, it's around there which to even be in close to that category yeah. of, I'd just be proud to be on the top 500 of anything I produced, let alone <laughs> get in the top 10. That's yeah. pretty nuts. Especially months after that.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He had no idea that he was going to be... It makes you wonder, you know? I'm going to make one of the best albums of all time. And then Brendan O'Brien obviously became a, uh, a main staple for them afterwards. But Rick went on to make Sap by Allison Change, which is one of my favorite albums. Yes. It's an acoustic album that he did. Then he went and made the Blind Melon album.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Which I, was a
0: huge album for them. I
1: didn't even know that. I didn't know the blend, he made the blind Melon album. Yeah,
0: and then um, after that he made um, Pride and Glory, which was a Zach Wilde band, which was a like the, their Zach Wilde's big debut basically into rock and roll. Doesn't that blow your freaking mind?
1: Wow, this, I mean, this guy's pretty fortunate.
0: Yeah, and then he went on to make a bunch of other albums which we can get into, but the big thing is, is just that he made 10 right after making Temple of <laughs> the Dog. With Temple of the Dog, this album and everything, Hunger Strike, we were talking about, you know, you are talking about Eddie coming in to do the, the lyrics for it and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's one of those songs, and when I was listening to it yesterday again, those two vocal styles work so awesome together. The chorus and everything in that song is just still to this day to me, like, an amazing song.
1: It's a perfect compliment those two together, because mm-hmm. you're getting the raw, like, growling rock sound with Eddie, kind of, mm-hmm. and this was before he really got into his own, so he really didn't have that yet until the 10 album, which it's kind of unleashed him a little bit, Mm -hmm. but he did such a good job at that low point where Chris is just like, fiercely like goes to the top range. Yes. And you're expecting that. Like, every time Chris Grinnell is singing like, even when he sings his acoustic stuff, like I'm like waiting for that little bit of a growl push. Yeah, that,
0: that hungry, when he goes hungry. Yeah, just, exactly. Yeah, he just, oh my God, that's total Cornell right there.
1: Yeah, that's that's the goosebumps singing moment for me is uh-huh. Cornell is when he, he you can see him take that, that note. Actually, funny fact there, we're doing some research on that. Uh, the note in, uh, I think I believe it's Say Hello to Heaven in the last course is the highest recorded note he's ever oh, sung. Oh, really? Chris Cornell, yeah. I, I, was, I was like, what? Really? I mean, he sung some really high stuff. But yeah, I'm like, maybe that's why you know, it draws me. Just to kick off that album, that song, mm-hmm. I don't know, it just has a perfect tone of that sadness, but that rock grit yeah. to it.
0: And, he, and the reason they made this album, so people know too, is that we kind of touched it a little bit, is Andrew Wood, um, who was in Mother Love Bone, and Chris were really good friends. They were roommates, I believe, too, for a while to have one of your friends die of a heroin overdose changed basically his whole career path because that mother loved woman, who knows what would have Pearl Jam would have never happened. It's I mean if if everything. Yeah. It's sad that somebody's death went and changed you know, the trajectory of where everything went from that point. If that never happened, we wouldn't have, you know, Pearl Jam probably today.
1: And then that's the at least in its form. But it created something so awesome too even from a death you know you have your your bad and good so is life but yep. it's just so neat to see you know it's it stirred this up and then as it grows into you know pearl jam becomes an, an amazing band well mm-hmm. then you get matt cameron who eventually fills in for the drums for pearl jam so then it's like it all kind of has this reunion they're always together but in mm-hmm. separate bands in a way yeah, I've always loved that. It's like a little family. It is think. a very
0: family. There is a photo that is out there of Soundgarden, Pearl Jam hanging out like in some green room together, and they're really close knits like right next to each other what and stuff. Buddy, yeah. And it looks silly and fun and just.
1: Could you even get that with two groups nowadays to be? You know what I mean. That close? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, I, those I mean, guys diva... are friends.
0: You can clearly see yeah. those guys are friends in that photo.
1: There's no diva attitude or nothing. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? Mm-mm. That you get when you're.
0: I mean, the only thing that's weird about it is that you have the drummer of Soundgarden and then the drummer of Pearl Jam in there, and now obviously you know Matt's the drummer for both. Is that Dave Abbruzzese? Yeah, that's yeah. Dave. You know,
1: I still to this day, he's the best Pearl Jam drummer. Yeah, I love Matt Cameron, but I've always thought of him as the Soundgarden drummer because he yeah. has that distinct sound. Yeah, he's amazing live. Doesn't matter who he's playing for, yeah. but to me, Dave Abbruzzese brought this cockiness to the drumming that i love like Mm -hmm. just had an absolute handle on how to drum it's kind of like loud. it's about his drum i absolutely love it
0: it's like when you hear um why you know that the beginning of the the drum and that you know it's like that's the way it just kind of kicked yeah and i that's it's one of those things though it's the chemistry didn't work if something happens you know that chemistry breaks then You change your, like you say things change and you go in a different direction. So,
1: well, and you know, the, to, to still be doing it this long, I have the longevity, they figured something out. They knew yes. this wasn't going to work, you know, it's kind well, of a good thing. And I've
0: always heard that the story was, it was basically Stone and Jeff's band in the beginning. And then eventually like, no, we're giving Eddie the reins because obviously this is going in a direction that we're played at Like each one of them have always, even Matt now, he's like wrote, he's written some songs and yes. and he's, you know, they all are contributors in this band, you know. Oh, I agree. all of them. And like, if you listen, like even like if you listen to Gigaton, you look through the you know the songs. Each one of them contributed with it. And Jeff, to me, is like one of those guys that you like look at some of his like songs and contributions. You're like, holy shit, he did that one and this one and that. You'll be yeah. Oh, yeah. If
1: you ever look at the song credits on any album for Pearl Jam, you'll be blown away. You're like. Whoa, so Eddie didn't write most of these songs? Because you naturally you yeah. kind of have this... The way the lyrics are for him, you're like, oh, he probably wrote the lyrics to that. And they are like, no. no, Jeff and Matt wrote the lyrics to that.
0: And yeah, like, or Mike, you know, Mike for that. man yeah. I mean, Mike to me, and I always tell everybody that McCready is... He is up there as one of the best guitar players now. He has crafted from all of these years this ability to play a great guitar. Man, he is... He has his own guitar out now, too.
1: If you ever get a chance... Go see Pearl Jam live, or to me is one of the best live guitarists too, because he'll do all the like playing behind his head. Or, yeah, you know he's. you know he's where he got that from, right? No.
0: Um. A- did I? Did we talk? We talked about I think in the last episode together. We talked about how he went and saw Stevie and how that changed his career because he wasn't. He played guitar for a while and he wasn't into it, and then he went and saw Stevie Ray Vaughan. That's crazy And then he saw Stevie and was like just blown away about oh. this guy and how he played. But Stevie would do that. Stevie Ray Vaughan would just. Oh.
1: Yeah, that guy is on another planet. I watched a video on him not too long ago, and I was just like... People had to think that he was a wizard or something yeah. at that time. Because even I know I love blues music, so I naturally am drawn to that. But, mm-hmm. I mean, even just from an artistic perspective, if somebody is watching him do that, they're like, this guy is amazing. Sick.
0: Yeah. He was sick. Yes. He will have a movie someday, and I just hope somebody does it justice Whoever yeah. does it, that whole career and just the 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 highs and the lows, and then to you know get out of the the low, and then to have it all be taken away from you, for, you know, with a, with a helicopter crash is messed up, man. So
1: yeah, and who else was a part of that it was it, crazy
0: too? It Clapton and BB King, and like I mean, it was it was a big show, and they're lucky that it could have been any one of them or all of them. Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah. what if that were to happen? You know, you mm-hmm. lose.
0: Like Probably a like, huge
1: chunk of the world's greatest guitars, that would be one of the worst things that could possibly happen to music.
0: Like the day the music died with Buddy Holly yes. and um, Richie Valens, oh and yeah, it's. We're, we're, so I guess what we're kind of getting at is that trajectories change. You know, with Andrew Wood passing, it created this whole epic era that catapulted the grunge era, for that matter. For those, you know, for those years, it made all this music popular.
1: What and another thing, as far as with Andrew Wood, if You know, you go back and listen to uh, Mother Love Bone. You have that Temple of the Dog sound, Crown of Thorns. You know, that kind of starts to get into this Eddie Vedder style of band. And then it it kind of progresses on to Mm -hmm. when Eddie kind of takes the reins. You start to see the band shift. And most bands don't like that. That's one thing that I've always loved about Pearl Jam is they're they're willing to change it up. There's this little, like, they know what they're their core group's gonna love but to have that willingness to be like we're gonna step back Eddie. you whatever we're doing here is working so let's do it you how many bands do you hear break up in three years because they're like i don't want him in charge i know what's best for this band or you know whatever drama comes from that yes one. i think that's to me is the greatest accomplishment for them yeah. is to still be at 30 years
0: well at some point you have to say let the machine do its thing and let's all do our own thing, also.
1: That's another thing that I've been blown away with mm-hmm. with, the, with that band is how in the world they're so just, yeah, you go do your thing, we'll wait another year or two to come back and mm-hmm. tour as a band. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I love that. It's to let to have that freedom of expression, yeah, but at the same time, like at the end of the day, we're Pearl Jam, yeah. So when we go on tour, we're Pearl Jam, but yeah, I, I love that. Most bands don't do that. As soon as a guy goes solo, it's like, oh, we're done, yeah, like, you're. You're being a...
0: But each one of them have their own projects. They all do their own thing. That is one of the few bands... Oh, I mean, I could be wrong, too, but even though they're solo stuff, the fans are interested. Oh, It's yeah. like, oh, what's the well, Mike's doing this. Oh, I want to hear this. You know, let's check this out.
1: It could be even like a single to a movie. Like, McCready, he just mm-hmm. does the guitar work on... Uh, in, what was that? Elvis, Elvis documentary. documentary, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. like, oh, I'll have to check it out. I'm just drawn to that, you know, his style of play, too. But. Yeah.
0: Or Stone, you know, um, comes out with an album with the band or something like that. I mean, I'm always like, I want to hear this. I want to know what, it, what, what these guys are doing. Because, obviously, when you hear their music come together, it's making the Pearl Jam sound, you know?
1: And, and that's what's so cool to me, is you get to see where all these artistic pieces come together and they mold this thing called Pearl Jam. Mm-hmm. But, if you listen to any better solo stuff, it's, not, it's nowhere even close. It's ukuleles Mm-mm. and... All kinds of, you know, just different expressive vibes. I guess uh, was that movie Uh, Into the Wild? Yes. It's one of my favorite soundtracks. Yeah. But it's nothing like Pearl Jam. That's what Mm -hmm. I love about it. It's so different. It's Eddie. That's what, you know what I mean? His weird artistic creature. Yeah. That's what I love about that band.
0: And I love when artists can do that. And I mean, there's only a a handful of artists or bands. I mean, and I'm going to change it into two different things here now. We talked about Trajectory with um, Andrew Wood and then Pearl Jam, you know, becoming who they are. It's the same thing with Sounds and with Trajectory with Dave Grohl. Dave Mm -hmm. Grohl was in The Biggest Thing and then Tragedy Happens. Mm -hmm. And then he ends up creating one of the biggest bands like Pearl Jam in the world. I mean, you know, come on. And I have brought this up in podcasts before, but where I'm going to go with this one is that look at the stuff he's done on the side you know like we're talking about you know bands doing something like mm-hmm. look at all the stuff he's done on the side queens of the stone age crooked vultures yes and then now he's got another like this is his third or is it his fourth documentary coming out
1: i think it's third
0: the the, the third and it's yeah. it's about being on the road yeah. like like how bands start out touring in van, you know vans and how that whole experience with being in vans and, and touring and shit
1: well and to that they, uh, I just watched the thing the other day with him and Brian Johnson of ACDC talking about their vans. Yeah. Like, they show him the original 95 Dodge Ram van that Foo Fighters went out and tour with. And they just talk about how they had to live in this thing and they, the way they had to stack the instruments just so they could lay on top of it in the back so you had, like, enough for your nose not to hit the top of the thing to sleep in. I was wow. Just, it was crazy. Like, they could have afforded oh, yeah. it, but they wanted that... Chemistry and band But I, I just thought That was so cool well, he, And
0: like he's that. bringing back The love of music mm-hmm. And that's why He made he makes these past documentaries And that's why He made this one Because how do these Bands start out You know That are popular They had to go out there And do the The
1: gigging
0: Yeah they had to go out And do the work mm-hmm. They had to like Put the work in They had to put the time in And they had to see the. You know they went To these shows Where they weren't as, That big And to put on All that work It's great to have A reflection back on When you or where I mean, I think that's what he's doing. Like, yeah, I'm playing stadiums. I'm I'm private jets and on on yeah. playing on buses now. But you know what? I went back even after Nirvana went back and fucking had to do this shit again. I respect that.
1: Yes. No. I that's why I said he's a down to earth guy. At least he puts that persona all the time. It's like Dave Girl's a guy I want to just sit down and have a beer with and talk. Yeah. You know? Because to me that that's kind of his music in a way too. It's just kind of I don't know. It's down to earth is the best way to explain Dave Girl. Yeah. That's that's what I really love, and the way he's progressing yeah. and like he's kind of the old guard now. Yeah, but he's keeping it fresh and showing that like like him and
0: Jack, like, him yeah. and White, Jack White, man, fucking,
1: I love that. Yeah. They're, they're passing it down. He's still And They're hard. trying
0: to find like with Jack. It's I'm trying to find the new stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get y'all like, hey, look at this. Hear this band. You know, I'm I put this. I'm putting this band out on my label. I'm doing. He is. I love those yeah. guys. And like, if I met Dave, I'd be like, I've talked in past podcasts about how people act when they meet famous people. I mean, all I would want to do with is I'm take a shake of hand and go, thank you for what you're doing for music. 100%. And I mean that. Like, and Leon yeah. say that, you know? You're putting out there content and an entity that is keeping the love of it alive. To have the love of the music alive,
1: that's. That's all everything. I think, yeah, I mean, that that's just going to be what we need going forward. Because throughout every generation you've seen it, it'll change, it'll morph. But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, there's still people who want to... Um, there's that itch. I want that new thing. What's that new thing? You know what I mean? And then you progress into the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s. It, it's just forever evolving. And it may not be what you like, but I guarantee you there was people in the 90s who were like, what the heck is this trash this pearl jam fan you know it's weird and then those people are probably the biggest pearl jam fans now yeah it's like give it you got to give it time let it breathe come back to it Mm -hmm. you still don't like it then you still don't like it but yeah that's what i think dave Grohl and them, they're kind of giving you this like give it a chance vibe that's what i like about Grohl. he's he even talks with his daughters on about
0: billy eilish no i've heard i heard about how he took them to billy eilish one time and now he said, he said, his words were, I'll probably not quote it correctly, was, it reminded me of the days when me and Nirvana were starting out early on, yes. and like, where it went.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's exactly what he's he's reflected on, and I love that he's able to see that. Mm-hmm. There's no pompous, like, yeah, I created this great thing, blah, blah, blah. It's yeah. like, he knows, like, it's time to get the next generation going, it, let's pass he's it He's got a
0: lot of batons, and he's been yes. passing a lot of batons on, and that's what you want to say, I think.
1: And he's, he's still out there doing that, like... I mean, I'm not knocking anybody else because they're not doing what he's doing, but I feel like there could be more of that, that yeah. push to, let's get this younger generation involved in creating this music as a group. Nobody's doing group things as much anymore. It's very mm-hmm. solo artist-y, you know. I feel like those guys are pushing, like, the band vibe.
0: Yeah, because I, I it's the same to. thing with them. All of those guys, the Foo Fighters, like, I even followed, like, their careers and stuff, too. They have albums out and stuff, those are. Taylor's done his thing, and Mm. I love that they can go do their stuff, too, and then come back to it, because that's the way it is, man. It's like, you're bringing something to it. Obviously, you are a a part of that entity that is helping that sound and that vibe. Mm. When you can be a painter, and you paint on your own, and you come back, and you paint together, I want to see all the strokes you got to give me, man, so... and. A subject we're talking about is like you're just talking about the catalyst you know the catalyst of why music is so important to us and I want you to elaborate a little bit more
1: so I was kind of talking as far as I, I believe the catalyst and uh, relationships is music and what it creates because you were kind of talking about the uh, moment in your life of uh, Pearl Jam at, at Wrigley Field the night two where you were on the field Mm-hmm. And just sing, and you could say this about almost every Pearl Jam concert, but you go there, and nobody is worried about any other difference or anything at that moment except for we love this, we're united in this, and I just feel like music is that it can always unite people, no matter what the time is. You might not think that, oh, they could never agree on something. Yeah. Throw some kind of music you know in front of him and I guarantee you they could start talking mm-hmm. and then you'd be like wow he's he's more similar to me than I you know I originally assumed yeah I just think that that catalyst of music is mm-hmm. why you do what you do what I do what I do you know yeah. looking forward to the next musical wave of whoever it is I think yeah. that to me is why I love
0: music and that's definitely why I do too and you know we're we're talking about you two a little bit and we you know, and I was talking about how people can tear somebody down when you're so big and popular. But if you look at that band, and you look at how much they love music, and they look how much they've done for music, and how much they've done for like the world, mm-hmm. um, to take you know that that level of. Um, that level of like, okay, we're this popular this huge and we're, you know, yeah, we have this big income or whatever, so on and so forth. Well, I still want to be able to help people. I still want to be able to do things. I want to still be able to get a voice out there for the people that need the voice out there. It's one of those things that I respect so much in a band. And so I mean, you can have a great catalog of music and sell out shows and have this great performance and everything, but to actually have your heart in it too at the same time is a really beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to see people love what they do day in and day out when we get out of this pandemic man i am going to be like the amount of great shows we're going (laughs) to see because people want to perform live so bad i mean to be able to perform a live concert again is going to be one of those things that you will forever remember again it's 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 a great thing and i was thinking about something when you're talking about when you can relate to people and when you go to a you know a show and they're like, we're all there to go see them and stuff. And that is one of my favorite things to do. I love getting a conversation started with somebody I don't know about music. And seeing what their musical taste is and seeing what they like. And why, you know, oh, you like them too? Oh, I love them too. You know, and I like that. You know, when they buy a brand new car and stuff like that. They're like, oh, I'm never going to put any stickers on my car. am I gonna You know, I have in my car, in my window. I make sure I put it somewhere where, you know, because I know stickers wear out and stuff. But I love people to see, like, the music... Bands I love because I know it'll start a conversation with somebody that loves music. Yeah, I'm advertising music and I love it. Oh, you do too? Oh, let's talk about that. Let's bullshit about that for a while because you know what? That is some positive shit you're putting out there.
1: Or a shirt. It could be as simple as, you know, yeah. you got that Pearl Jam shirt and someone recognizes <laughs> and they're like, oh, he likes Pearl Jam? I could probably, you know, yeah. start to get down that rabbit hole next thing you know. You could be building a friendship. You know what I mean? That, oh, that's, yeah. that to me is the... The beauty of music, hundred percent. Yeah, there's the
0: fans of Pearl Jam that are not in the fan club, and then there's the fan. Like yeah. <laughs> that, this is one of the die hard like yeah. fan club. Uh,
1: one thing that was very different for my wife too, when she uh, went to the concert with me. This was her first Pearl Jam concert. Was the amount of just love between people there? She almost. It was just weird because you don't get that in society where. You get this congregation of people, especially some diehards that have, they travel all over the country to see him. you know, even Europe to go see him. We, we had a rain delay. There was nobody there that nobody was worried. Yeah, and everybody's like, all right, cool, we're here longer, that's what we Bullshit
0: want. shit and talking, singing, you know.
1: We were chatting with these people, you know, they were from, I believe it was St. Louis, and, you know, they came up to Chicago to see uh, Pearl Jam, obviously, but... We, we sat and talked to them throughout the entire randalli. I mean, it was two hours. We both stopped, went and got mm-hmm. beers, came back, and, yeah. I mean, we. It, I don't know if we would have stopped talking if the show hadn't started yeah. again, you know what I mean? It's just that love for one another, and she even said, you know, it was like a church experience. The amount, the way people were, you know, acting throughout, I was just like, it's, well, it's a love, it's a passion.
0: Like, you can do that for, like, the um popular songs during a concert and that's usually the best moment in the concert you're going to see mm-hmm. is when everybody is singing that song but when you get an entire fucking show of people singing along
1: in every song
0: <laughs> how yeah. insane is that it's that's it's why a I, family experience
1: that's why i, I jamly it's yes a jam, yes jam it's a jam I, I just can't imagine that that feeling though of being on stage and knowing what you've created has blossomed to i'm 20 gonna be 27 and i'm a diehard pearl jam fan there was no way back then when they started they thought they were gonna bring kids up that were you know later on in their careers Like yes i, I was seeing kids younger like 10 12 at this show and i'm like how lucky are you i wish i was 10 or 12 <laughs> going to pearl my parents were taking me to yeah pearl jam,
0: you know there's there's like like only a handful of bands that do like like we talk about the Foo Fighters, U two, Rolling Stones, you know there's there is bands that are able to do that yes. still to this day. Oh yeah, to take their kids and now grandkids, you know like you, <laughs> Rolling Stones would be definitely in that category, you know for sure.
1: Yeah, that's just making that timeless music. It's, yeah. It's crazy. I don't know how they. Wrap their minds around. I don't know if you can. You just mm-hmm. gotta let it be and yeah. keep chugging along. Otherwise, you can get wrapped up in that real quick.
0: But we talked. We talked before. You know about egos and you know and, and things get in the way and you know and like it is a it is a machine. It is a business. It is a it is an entity that has a life of its own. So like when you can keep all those pistons going in the right direction and it, you can do this thing that's great out there. It's it's a it's magical. Magical is the word.
1: Yeah, and I, I believe, and you can't fake the funk. Yeah. To me, when you go and see a live concert like Pearl Jam, the reason people are still going all the time—they want to go to every single tour yeah. stop—is because every experience is unique and it's amazing. Yeah. There's no—I mean, maybe there was at some point. I don't know if there was ever a bad Pearl Jam show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm sure they've had things where so things bad. didn't
0: go wrong, and you no, know, or went some, they don't want that way. And I was thinking while you're talking, there is like. You know when you are spoiled and you go to shows that are that good and you go to somebody that like just clocks in and clocks out, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, yeah. it's heartbreaking, you know, you're like, wow, it was great to hear a couple of those songs, but you could tell that they weren't and they weren't, it was a job. When you, and it's a very small amount, I know, there's a very small amount of people like, yeah, it's my paycheck, I'm going to go get my yeah. paycheck. There is also a big majority that you know that just love what they fucking do. And they go out there and do it every night. You can only imagine right now after a year and so many months how, like, these people are, like, just salivating at the whole, we got to let this fucking happen. And when you have that first big show, it's going to be epic. Well,
1: the amount of people are going to want to all go to these shows, too. I mean, you just expanded the pool because people are like... You know, maybe I don't need to because gonna... you don't know what you got till it's gone. Yeah. that's exactly what it is now. And people yeah. are like, man, I, I know I have. Yeah, it took about two months for me and my wife. We're just like, we are craving live music, even yeah. if it's just downtown in your local city. You know, just yeah. to hear some live music. I'm like, man, this
0: sucks. It's an urge that everybody has right now that loves music, and it's one of those things. It's like. We need it so fucking bad. Yeah. It's like driving us crazy, you know? And it'll, it'll be back. Yeah. That's and the it, thing. And it will be. And it, it's I'm, just... I'm, can't, can't uh, say the finish. Well, guys, <laughs> this is what I was thinking. This is what I, I lost my train of thought and I just gained it back is that you're going to have to be selective, but the selective, even the ones that are, you know, are not going to be as much, they're going to be doing well because people are like, I'm finally going to go to this. I'm going to, you know, me, it's going to be something like me okay, where's my income going to be like this month? Where's my income going to be this month? Because I got to go to this one. I got to go to this one. And I got to go to this one because,
1: well, like we had talked in the past, you know, on that Chris Cornell, seeing him live acoustic, that, that is a catalyst for me going forward too. where I'm like, okay, imagine
0: not going to that show, man.
1: I know. I'm like, see him when you can. Yeah. Now I'm at that mode where it's like, just go see him when you can I understand finances yeah. is finances you gotta be smart but at yeah. the same time you can't see
0: next time anymore yeah it, I did that with one person that was Joe Strummer and that was one of my biggest regrets ever I'll see him around sometime nope he he moved on Tom Petty was for me
1: uh, I, I believe it was uh, 2015 I think it was Hypnotic Eye tour or whatever but yeah. a friend was like hey we're gonna go you know drive down and see him if you wanna come with us you know in St. Louis and I was like uh, I'll wait, I'll get to it later, you know, well, also yeah. a broke college kid, but I'm like, nah, I'll be fine, I'll see him later, and was it, two years later, yeah. a year later, he dies, I'm like,
0: oh, man. The one that did that with me, that I'm still hoping I got a <sighs> chance, and we talked about this a little bit, I think, I did that with Fleetwood Mac, it was just too expensive for me, I was like, man, I don't want to spend the money on that, and I'm like, man, I don't want to, you know, shell out that money, and then it was when Lindsay left, I was like, Damn it! I, I should have went, but I've done that. I've been lucky enough to see like Eric Clapton. I've been lucky enough to see Crosby, Stills, Naps, and Young.
1: Sometimes I don't believe some of the things you say, but I know you have. Yeah, and like... it blows
0: my mind that I'm like I got to go see that. I've seen Bruce Springsteen. So Springs. lucky. <laughs> I've seen Bruce Springsteen in the East Street Band. Yeah, they tour quite a bit, but I've seen them. You know, because I know I need to get that in there because that was one of the best live shows I've ever seen. That he—that's a guy that brings it every oh, fucking yeah. night, dude. Like, every live experience is, like, his, you know?
1: Yeah, I, as far as live music goes, that's I want to push that. And I know a lot of people are going to, but I'm going to go expand and see some more people live music, I mm-hmm. think, too. Not, like you said, you're going to be selective, but at the same time, I think people, whenever they can catch some live music, are going to go. No yeah. matter if it's just your uh, local band or if it's... You know, you can get an intimate setting of a big band. I mean, people are going to, wherever they can get that, they're going to get
0: it. You know, and so, like, I've seen Coldplay, and I've seen Radiohead, and I mentioned that. But there is one band that is in that caliber that I have not seen yet that puts out, like, them and, like, a lot of these acts we've been talking about. And that's the Killers.
1: Oh, I want to
0: see the Killers so bad live because I see what they do at their shows. That is a band that loves playing live. And they put on a great fucking show, and they got a great catalog, and they got a few songs. To me, when I hear them, they're emotional to me because, oh. like, um, yeah. when we were young, it's like to me is like one of the best fucking songs in my catalog. Mm-hmm. Please, I mean, that is one I want to see so bad.
1: Yeah, there. I mean, there's a lot of older bands that I want to get to just because I know there's probably not much time left. The Eagles were one of those. I know they're yeah. kind of a No, I wish I would have saw them with like, the
0: like that whole original lineup, man. Yeah. I had the opportunity and I didn't do that.
1: Yeah, like you know, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's yeah. they're kind of like a super mega band but like A C D C. Yeah. I could have I've seen them too. Them, didn't do it. You yeah. know, and I'm like those are the times where I'm like, Man, could I have just sacrificed a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, and then now I'd have that forever but yeah.
0: Like the Stones and all those guys. They're still they're still doing their what they love, man. They are they they he's still out there in the you know, the 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 kids outfit (laughs) and shit and you (laughs) know and schoolboy outfit. And and loving it. But that last album was fucking a good rock album. I listened to it and it was like it was good. It was an A C D C album. Oh is it gonna is gonna have like you know, hits like all these other now we're in this yeah, it's a good album, it's an A C D C album. It is what it is, you know?
1: Well at least that's one thing too. You know what you're gonna get. Yes. That's one thing with them. It's very few bands can just do the same repetitive thing over and over, and it's good. Mm-hmm. But ACDC is one of those bands. Like, I don't want anything else. Yeah, they do it so well. Like, I'm, I'm glad keep doing it. You know.
0: Well, and they have their fan base. You know, we yeah. talk. You talk about how We're hard about Pearl Jam. Yeah. You don't think that they have like hard freaking fans? Yeah, that's that you know mean. every lyric to their song and go to every tour by every album. You know. Oh, that's a world band. I mean, so anywhere they sell out. Yeah. There's some bands that are not that stadium caliber that can just do, like, small venue shows and just tour and shit like that. People, like, you know... Like, we went and saw John Mellencamp at a, a small theater here. And that, to me... It's amazing. It was an intimate, great fucking show, dude. Yeah. And, like, you know... You get, you get these artists that want to try to change up the way they do things because they love music and they want to do it their own little way and shit like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And they don't want to... You know, they don't want to come out there and just, okay, I did my show, I'm going to leave. They, so they find a different way to do it, and then some people are like, well, they didn't do it like this, so they didn't do it like that. I'm like, you know, they didn't do it like this or that because that's the way they want to do it because yeah. they love music, and that's the way they're going to bring it out there. They'll play, the you know, one or two songs out there, and they'll do their rendition how they want to do it now. Yeah, you know? they're artists.
1: Exactly. They're always creating. They always want to push mm-hmm. the boundary. It's like, I know people want them to you know keep same recipe all the time let's do the same thing same thing same thing but it's like you you i think you would appreciate the fact that they change it up if you had to live in a world of everything was the same you would not want no no that's it i listen to Coldplay. literally yesterday i was listening to 90s country yeah Uh,
0: just going through i mean well and this is one of those things too i was going to bring up one with you is that with like country and everything too is that Like, Willie Nelson, back in, like, the late 70s and early 80s, was, like, the fucking country act, dude. And, like, Mm -hmm. but his live act was, like, balls to the wall awesome. Like, epic. Yeah, he, he was, like, like, um, Willie Nelson and Family Live, if you ever get a chance, check that album out. Um, It's one of my favorite live albums of, like, that goes, yeah, it goes up there with um, Bob Seger, Live Bullet, live album. It's when these bands, you know, our artists for that matter perform these live shows that have these epic live albums that nobody really knows about and you gotta like check out some of these things sometimes that you're just never aware of you know And
1: but what are you craving on that live album the show well like <laughs> as far as you're, you're looking at least I do every time that I'm getting I want the, the nuance the difference yes. the, the, the separate jam session that mm-hmm. you know and you're like oh my gosh that's epic like that could be better on the album than what the original cut is you know yeah. those are the
0: things I look forward to oh yeah and there's been um, there's an album I love that I can't get that I want to get on hopefully like on vinyl someday but it's not even available I noticed like on streaming which kind of blew my mind and it's one of my favorite live albums is the, the beginning of it especially is just one of those like they're at their peak of stardom and it's um in excess live baby live and I think it's at Wembley and like they were huge. And like, when you hear that, you can hear it in the crowd and like Mm -hmm. just them singing their song and everybody's singing along with them and everything. And it's like, it's one of those bands that nobody realizes now at this time in, you know, generation in life that in excess at one point we were a huge fucking band, you know? And that was one act that I wanted to see live that I'd never be able to now. And, Mm -hmm. and I regret every minute of it because, you know, Michael Hutchins, man, was, was an amazing front man, man, oh, yeah. he, he was like a, he was like a, you know, a Bono or an Eddie Vedder, man, he, you know, he was the front man, and everybody loved him, yeah. a lot of people, and women <laughs> wanted him, and shit, and,
1: perfect frontman.
0: they, you know, it's, it's, they try to do things without him, and, it just wasn't the same, because it's not him, he's not there, the doors, trying to do the doors, without Jim Morrison, yeah. you know, it's like, that's it's your tough. front man, man, that's, that's that's your front man, and yeah, you want to do music and you want to do all that stuff that you used to love and enjoy, and it's got to be hard, you know, when you don't have that front man anymore. And
1: it's so—I mean, there are examples of it, but it's oh, when we so talked rare. about it, you yeah. know, like
0: sometimes it's you know, crazy. like Brian Johnson, you know, replacing Von mm-hmm. Scott, um, or um, we've talked about in the last podcast um, um, Journey, you know. Um,
1: oh, I uh, Pineda. Yeah, I mean, him. it's yeah. not
0: Steve Perry, and we would love to have Steve Perry back, but. To get, like, if you were just to close your eyes yeah. and, like, you're, like, you wouldn't, if you didn't know any better, like, if you were, like, you took somebody from, like, that generation that didn't know that Steve Perry left and then you took them to this other show and didn't, you know, but gave them a blindfold, they probably would be, like, thinking that was Steve, you know. They may, there'd be these little nuances that if a diehard might know, but, like, you know.
1: Well, uh, on to that, the other one that I'm super grateful for was the going to see Van Halen
0: with you. Yes, with, with David.
1: Yeah, that, I mean, to have, uh, was it five years later? You know, he, he would yeah. die. It's like, it was not tour after that. Oh,
0: that's right, it was last year, wasn't it? Because that was
1: their, uh, I don't know if they had the latest album or whatever yeah. it was out, but...
0: It was, it was the one I mean, with the train or whatever, yeah. Yeah, I mean, to,
1: at least, I mean, don't get me wrong, David Lee Ross, a little bit past his prime, let's put it that way. Yeah, you can't hit the notes like you used but to. But guitar... Guitar doesn't fall off. You yeah. know what I mean. At least yeah. Eddie didn't.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing, man. Is that I, I that was I. I think I brought it up before in a podcast. First record I ever got was 1984, and <laughs> Eddie fucking um, changed my mentality about music from that point. You know, I was listening to my shit, my dad had and stuff, obviously around, but that was my first album I got. You know, and that was that time. That was huge. That was. 1984, man, that was a, yeah, great fucking um, album, man. That you know, a great same time for music too. Like 1984, 85, 86, those three years is like you know people talk about the grunge era for 1996. I lived in the mid '80s when some of the best fucking music was coming out. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm part of the MTV generation and we saw some great fucking shit, man. And
1: I always say too, like if I could be born in any generation, it'd probably be like the late '70s to early '80s. Mm-hmm. To be the prime of like, you're 21 or 20, you know, I grow up in that area where I could travel and see all these artists. Because I mean, that was like the, to me my favorite genres of mm-hmm. music. That was the peak, and then obviously the 80s. The whole 80s is amazing.
0: I and mean, if people want to know where why like where, where I got wired, and that's that's how I got wired, was like yeah, I grew up with a father that loved um, he had the wall. You had like Bob Seger, like they talked about, he had Crosby, Stills, Nash, he had, um, he had Van Halen in his, you know, and he had this music in his catalog, and I was like, what is this, and what is that, and then you start becoming your own little self, and you know, and you mm-hmm. start like, oh, what's this MTV thing, and what's this video, and what's this, and and then it was like, oh, you know, and then before you know it, you're changing into like, oh, what's this alternative music, what's this, this is, this is interesting, this is something different, and Oh, what's you know? This is this you too. This is Depeche Mode. This is um. Did your dad ever listen to like? Uh,
1: I guess was there an album for you that kind of made you realize they had an eclectic taste? Did he kind of focus in one I area think and then the, you just noticed
0: the, the wall did that? I remember opening up the album art and I was yeah. like, I'm like, holy, what is? You this? He really drop some I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just giving you No, I was real. like that. That was um. That was an album that, like, the artwork definitely stuck out to me Was the wall, but just the music too, and like, is there anybody out there?
1: That's like a sen- what do you want to call it? Sensatory? Sens- yeah. Sensational? I don't know how you yeah, say that. Yeah. Type album where it's
0: like The senses, yeah.
1: It's totally engulfing.
0: Yeah. And We Don't Need No Education, you know, I'm a kid, you know, yeah. listen to that, you know? and
1: Well, and I guess like where I was going with that question uh-huh. is if there's this one thing that kind of made you branch out from your your dad's catalog no that,
0: that was the alternative stuff that was the you know I was the MTV kid the MTV era and I started seeing these bands that were different and like mm-hmm. and they weren't popular I mean they were they were obviously somewhat popular but they weren't like yeah it wasn't the pop of that time yeah and it was different and I liked because I was I was different I wasn't um I wasn't in the in crowd I wasn't popular i was part of the um new wave or alternative um generation and i saw this stuff that was different and i was like what's the word i'm looking for i, I it absorbed i absorbed the, mm-hmm. the alternative era because i was like this is different i'm different you know and Ooh, and like anytime it. some song sounded different than the other rock and roll i was listening to i was like wow, this is wild. It's got keyboards in it, you know, and this is like... But then when I saw Depeche Mode, I guess it would have been 101. Mm -hmm. It was this documentary film that Depeche Mode brought out um, during the... um, For the Masses album. And that's what really catapulted me, was that here is this alternative band selling out shows in, like, L.A. and, like, all these different um, alternative people like me that and it's huge like so like you know you're a Midwest boy and you're like you know thinking that this basic you know rock and roll which is great I love rock and roll but then you start seeing this alternative music and like what's this alternative music this is a whole other thing Mm -hmm. and so like I this is the story I've not talked about at all on here and that I'm glad you went down this rabbit hole because this is one of those things that I lived this during this generation of alternative music before it was popular you have to understand that like the new wave you know kids and me and like all this alternative and we dressed in black and you know and you know we weren't goth you know people no. would think you know think god no, this is new wave this is um this is a little bit different this is you know it, it went into goth and they went into all this other but alternative to to us was like everything it was like rem and it was like um all these different bands that eventually thanks to the grunge era and alternative like and and thanks to like Even early REM and stuff like that, you know, without a time and everything like that, it like, like with MTV, MTV took this, this, this transition at one point and alternative music went from being like, like what I thought was like, and still was this cool thing that was different to like, even being made fun of, like when I was in high school, like I I went from being made fun of to like, now I was the cool fucking thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Imagine that, like in your like your senior year. year, like in your senior year, you went from like the years before. Look at this, you know, I'll, I'll use I've the word done. weirdo or whatever. Yeah. To like now, it's the cool thing. So all the hypocrites were into everything. Oh yeah. After that point, and to be different after that yeah. was cool. So you went from like being di- not being different, and you know, and. To being yeah. like you know not cool to being cool, like oh, it okay. was a weird thing. Yeah. And the thing is, is, I was like I was talking to this to a friend of mine. I was friends with everybody in middle school. I used to get picked on, and um, in middle school I was like you know people thought I was gay because I was different, and eventually they just realized I was different, and yeah. it wasn't a bad thing. No. It was just because I liked to be because I felt like. We are all outcasts, you know? We oh, are all, yeah. you know, you think you're you're not any different from the person you're friends with and your popularity. You don't think you're different from that person and that person. Mm-hmm. You know what? You know, it didn't matter what ethnicity was, it didn't matter what, you know, th- that was back before like even like homosexuality was accepted and shit like that. And I had friends that were homosexuals, you know? Oh. And, you know, and the thing it was is that I didn't care, you know, because you were my yeah, friend. You well, know? Of course. If we click and we get along, It didn't matter how different you were to me and that's what i loved about the music in that alternative era was that i had all these different kinds of friends Mm -hmm. we were all different we all used to go to this club um called stage two together and stage two was this little underage dance club that was in Bendendorf. i think it's like a business district down there now or whatever and um, we would go there every like Friday, sometimes Saturday, you know, or one or the other. And I think it was Friday was the big one we all loved going to do. It was all this alternative music being played with pop music. So like we would get our alternative music, but then they would get the pop music too, you know, of that era and stuff. Yeah. So you were mixing like the alternative crowd with the popular crowd. And at that point, before the popularity got popular, it was a little different, a little weird. We had, you know, there was, there was fights and shit with certain people and stuff, yeah. you know but we had our click, we had our family it was like that was my extension family my first extension family was my alternative family back in like the um, you know 80s I remember going to see like I said Depeche Mode at Red Rocks and Violet and coming back and telling everybody and they were like so jealous of me oh yeah yeah cause they were like oh you got to see Depeche Mode yeah you went you know, at Red Rocks oh my gosh that's where you 2 played you know you 2 before you know what before they broke big with Josh Street did this famous concert out of Red Rocks um, and so it was great to have that. You know, I went and saw, you know, this band here. But I guess what I'm really trying to get at is that that generation of music to me to set the early catapult to alternative music because you understand I was I, I heard like Pearl Jam before they were big. I heard you know, you know, Temple of the Dog like the whole beginning of the thing before it was big, and I went with it and got big you know I went with Nirvana and got big I went with you know a lot of these alternative bands I got to see as they got huge and I got to go see them live I went to the first ever La La tour yeah which is to me I it, envy you for that
1: because <laughs> some of the Bands
0: in that lineup is insane. Well, then you you remained the second year is the one that really had six out to you. That was the one with Pearl Jam was the mm-hmm. second the second tour, but the first tour alone, you know, was to me was like I got to see James Addiction, you know, and yeah. and just oh my gosh, just so many. I saw I saw Ice t during that time. That was during the <laughs> Body Count era, during that whole controversy and stuff with that. But then to see the following year to see you know Pearl Jam and Soundgarden on the same ticket. For Lollapalooza, with Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. I mean, come on. That's,
1: yeah. Come (laughs) on. Well, and that's that's kind of my point is like where that catapulted you. Also, I believe that is kind of what catapulted me in a a respect. Because I remember my dad, when we would listen to music in the garage, you know, him and his friends were out partying. And he'd be like, you know, let's li- let us listen to this. And he'd have an album. And I'd go through and I'd look at these albums. And I had no idea any of this music. Because, I mean, I'm like 10. So I-, I listened to the pop, whatever the pop songs were of the day. You know, a few rock songs here and there. And it'd be like, a band like Alabama was in there. And I'm like, uh-huh. Alabama? This is a country. And I was like, that's weird. very like, huge. Deanna Carter. Or mm-hmm. Hootie and the Blowfish. It'd be so eclectic yeah. and all over the place. It forced me to listen to it because i didn't have control over the music so when i was listening to it i'm like oh wow that's actually really good you mm-hmm. know and then next you know it took takes you down the rabbit hole of, oh i'm really digging this country music see and especially growing up at least in my time mm-hmm. country music was shunned yeah it, it, it was like a thing where it's like i listen to everything it's not cool. except country music yeah, yeah. and now look country music's probably one of the highest selling stuff now because yeah. it's it's merged with the pop scene a little bit yes it has but I just found that so fascinating that that's kind of the same as your story I mean obviously the 80s better music but as far
0: as that scene change you uh-huh. know
1: you see that that flip I
0: think that's exactly the same thing that I have see but this is the other stuff that you don't know that like you know this is the catalog Reese is that I had all that too you understand I had my my grandparents Um, God rest their souls but i had i'm fortunate enough that I, I inherited my um my grandfather's um Johnny Cash and um Loretta Lynn albums. Ooh,
1: some
0: good old Loretta Lynn. And, yeah, and um he was in love with her, he loved her so yeah. much. <laughs> but i grew up listening to that stuff, you know, the old, you know, country because of my grandparents, you know, being around them and hanging out with them you know whether we were getting together for birthdays or holidays or whatever, and then you know my dad getting into you know country. I remember them getting turned on to Garth Brooks before Garth Brooks was popular. Oh wow! Uh, you know, you know my dad tells me this story about him trying to get my mom to go see this guy Garth Brooks somewhere out some um, out at some uh, fair, and my mom's like, "Who's this guy? I'm like, I don't want to go see him." And man. then kicking her, you know, they were, you know, yeah. and then he let him be like, man, we should have went and saw that, you know, and
1: dude, it's one of the best country music guys ever, ever. Yeah.
0: So, and then, but he had like, you know, all these country acts also mixed in with his collection too. Cause he did the same thing, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, we had Alan Jackson in there. We had, you know, oh yeah, we had so many different George Strait, my, my mom, my mom was in love with pure country. Dude, that, that movie. My brother still says he loves to watch it every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And Stuart Strait, one of the biggest country acts ever, yes. um, was in our household. But that's the thing is that, yeah, I had that. And then maybe I, you know, I, like you said, I know I, it was not cool. I'm like, I don't want to listen to this, you know. Yeah. But it was playing. I knew the catalog. I, I heard it. It was there. It was being forced down my throat in True. some ways. Oh yes. But yes. now I go back and I reminisce about it and appreciate it, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but it's like everything. Yeah, it's like now
1: probably country music makes up almost half of my catalog that I listen to because I do like to listen to old country. Yeah. Uh, not like specifically anyone, but just kind of all over country. Like I told you, I was listening to 90s country the other day. Uh, I still obviously love Kenny Chesney. He's one of my favorite artists. I still listen mm. to his catalog, I'll go all the way back to his really old stuff, and kind of go through and you're like, wow, it's crazy how it went from. That country twang sound, you know, and then yep. it grows to now he's like a Jimmy Buffettish. Yeah. You
0: know, I just I find that so awesome to it follow is. that little it journey is. in the catalog. And I love that you do that. I love that you're like really into that stuff
1: because I, I think I'm a historian at heart. I've always loved history, so it kind of naturally flows for me into music you're history. All about that now. Yeah, it's like it still has those human stories even through the music. I want to go and see like what what was Kenny Chesney doing at this time, at this album? Where was this album, mm-hmm. you know, made at? That, that is a story on its own for half these albums for these artists is like, you know, it was made at sound city or, yeah. you know, the record plan or these places. And then it's like the history that comes out of there is like,
0: yeah, if you get a chance, I have not gone down that yet. I'm waiting for it to be available so I can stream all at once. And I'm not, you know, I'm trying to get it in one of the streaming services. I'm hoping that Netflix gets it eventually mm-hmm. is the Ken Burns country music thing that came out. Oh, I didn't you know, knew Ken, didn't... Yeah, yeah. you know, oh, he is a yeah. quarry, great sports documentaries and, and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and uh, war documentaries and things like that. But my brother and my dad, I think even said that, um, it's a great, great documentary. And like, and it's, it's just, you learn the history of country music. So we gotta check wow. it out. So because um, he doesn't, he doesn't hold back. He that guy like that's what a great historian Ken Burns. So. Well, that
1: funny story, a little side note of why I kind of go down the rabbit hole is like when I was started listening to like the Eagles, let's say, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, they're a rock band, you know. And then you hear some of these other songs that they'll have, and then I'm like, wait, that's a little country. And then you're like, oh, they were considered like a country rock group. Kind of when I yeah. first started, I'm like, "What?" You know, it's like you start to just find these things, and that that's a passion for me. I like to find the stories behind the music too. Yeah, the lyrics are huge to me. I want to know why is he, you know, maybe feeling this way, or what was the lyric about, or all that stuff. To me, is fascinating. Yeah, I'm a historian at heart, I think.
0: Yeah, uh, I was gonna get at with you too. Is that yeah? One of my top five acts right now is a country guy, and it's Chris Stapleton. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you tell me about him. all yeah, the Yeah,
0: he, he is. Like a live show awesome. guy, he to me when somebody's like, "You don't like country?" Well, listen, to this guy tell me what you think. This mm-hmm. that's what I do, and if you don't like it, then you don't like country. Yeah. But if you like music, you'll love this guy because he oh. he can sing, he can play guitar, he puts all his emotion into his albums and his live act. Okay. Sign me
1: up, man. And his story's great too yeah that's kind of like I start to fall in love with these artists in certain ways I'm like I love the human aspect of like mm-hmm. where it came from it naturally becomes this thing and it's like oh that's so cool you know if he didn't do that you yeah. would never know who Chris Stapleton is yes and that to me is like there's a million of those out there I know yeah. right now there's a million people that are just sitting there like waiting uh, they just need that one little spark and yeah. they're gonna jump and be the next biggest yeah. thing It's like it's I, been a
0: cool it's, it's, it was his birthday this week uh so one love about Instagram is that you see photos of all different kinds of shit all time. His wife Morgan, um, put all these old photos of Chris on, on Instagram this week. <laughs> and I'm talking all the way back from like he was a little kid to oh, like wow. his like teen years to like in college and like without him without a beard and oh, just, that's just gotta be weird. Crazy looking at his, his development from when he was like a young kid, like in baseball and everything and but I smiled, and I was like, the fans, you know, had to love oh, yeah. that, and like to see that, you know, with him. And then, like he, like he go, he like the day after, a day later, he did, he did a post on there. He's like, he was, he's like, yeah, I want to thank everybody for the outpour of love that he received from all that, you know, like people just. And I want to thank my wife for, you know, doing that and everything. And and he had this Dolly hat on. He had this Dolly hat on because he wears, uh, he usually wears his cowboy hat, but he had this Dolly baseball cap on. And I was like, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. I like this guy. He's.
1: That, yeah. I think that's part of his mm-hmm. whole act is he's just like a normal guy. But when he starts singing, you're like, what? If that yeah. comes out of that, you know, that's another huge thing that I think people are drawn to. That yeah. Like it's an everyman, but he's amazing at what he does. I think people really are attracted to that.
0: It took all that time to build the guy he is now.
1: True. Would you want Chris Stableton early on? Yeah, or, or do you
0: or can you appreciate it now with all the and that's why I love, you know, it's 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 and I was talking to my cousin about this last night. And I'm gonna bring it full circle here and this is how yeah. it kinda like, um, I said to him, you know, you, you live your life, you know, here I am going to be 46, be 47 next month and you live your life and you say, well, I wish I would have done this or what I should, I would have done that and I so on and so forth, you know, but I've, I've, I've read in the last few months on a lot of different things. Um, I've been through some things and, um, I brought into this podcast the love of music because I love music so much and I've read like things like I was saying that like people that had their career start late in their life and fortunate enough to have a career later in their life and I have to say that I'm very fortunate to have this history with you I'm very fortunate to have this history with my family Um, I'm very lucky to have this history with my friends and the music that we talk about. And I love that I'm getting this out there because we got to have more about what we love out there. we got to have more about music and music is what I love. And when you are alone by yourself in your car and you're listening to that song that you're so emotional about and you're screaming at the top of your lungs by yourself or you're hearing it, and it's bringing back all these emotions. And you're like, you're having that emotional moment with that. Or you're doing it because you just went through something that day. Or you went through something in your life. And you have these moments in your life that are pivotal and are important. It's great to have that release. Because that release is everything to you and your soul. You know, We all have souls, man. We all have this thing inside of us that strives us for us to do what we do every day day in and day out to get up and to live our lives and you know and to have the enjoyment part of things is is an important thing and I want to I just want to say thank you Reese for doing this with me because this is important stuff to me and I love talking about music and I hope people could continue to listen to this podcast and I hope that our friendship and our life continue on and we put this this why I call it. I put this energy out there, man. We got to put this energy out there because it's a good thing, man.
1: No doubt. Couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, that's... To me, at the end of the day, it's it's about relationships with people, and I think that you pointed out really well with the, the car analogy. I don't know how many times, no matter how my day's going, I can just jump in the car, put on whatever it is, my whole mood changes. Yeah. That, to me, is what music is. You know, just an... In a nutshell, yeah. that feeling.
0: It's a great thing. So, I want to thank everybody for listening today, and I want to thank Reese for doing another episode and look forward to doing more with him. Thanks for having me. On. And uh, y'all take care of yourself out there. Hi, this is Johnny. I'm your host, and you are listening to Music Seeds the music that made us.